What a world! Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And I want to remind you that the Ocho is presented to you by our friends at Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center Training Facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Biltong 32 and each meat stick appropriately has ocho grams of protein. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for you as well. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. That is RighteousFelon.com, discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. I am very excited for today's episode. Uh, I say today, it's tomorrow. For me in real time it is today for you i don't know i've already confused myself i'm recording this at 4 30 p.m on wednesday march the 8th you are listening to it in all likelihood at some point on thursday march the 9th that is the way that time and podcasting works it is a conversation that you are going to hear today with my very good friend from espn australia Lori Haresh. Lori and I uh, recapped a little bit in our conversation how we came to know one another. Uh, he's fantastic. He's wonderful. He's amazing. Follow him on Twitter at Lori Haresh. That is L A U R I E H O R E S H. It'll be out, obviously, in the tweet with this episode as well. And we just kind of talked about thoughts, feelings, emotions, uh, wonderings about the Dallas Cowboys at the present moment in time. We are just a few days away from the legal tampering period opening across the NFL. We'll, of course, keep you updated at blogontheboys.com for everything concerning the Cowboys. Uh, anything big, massive that happens, we'll have emergency episodes here uh, on the podcast network. We'll have emergency videos up on the YouTube channel. We'll have emergency TikToks and Reels and YouTube shorts and all sorts of things uh, because we live to serve you. We live to talk about, to experience, to debate, discuss, whatever you want to call it, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and we appreciate those of you who make us a part of your experience doing those things. So to kind of set the stage for the days to come, because this is the last time that I will speak with you, uh, legal tampering in the NFL begins on Monday. What is Monday? I've already forgotten. Monday is the 13th. So Monday, March the 13th, legal tampering begins in the NFL. That is when players and teams can officially agree to terms. They can't sign contracts yet, but they can agree to terms. So it is possible that we hear X player and the Dallas Cowboys have agreed to terms, et cetera, et cetera, on Monday or Tuesday. It is not until Wednesday that those deals can become official when the new league year officially begins at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Again, if something big, massive happens, we'll do whatever is necessary. We'll have a live show if we have to on the YouTube channel. So don't worry, just stay tuned uh, to all of our socials, obviously, and we'll keep you updated on what you need to know. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa, on TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. If you want to ask any questions, you can. You all know how to find me over email if you want to be old school, RJ.Ochoa at SBNation.com. So 
Lori and I just kind of talked about the state of things as uh, as that is on the horizon. Actually, while we were recording, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN reported that um, Tyron Smith's deal may be restructured soon by the Cowboys. That's great to see. Uh, Lori had two predictions for things he think will ha- or, excuse me things he thinks will happen over the course of the next few days, the next week actually. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get to that conversation from ESPN Australia. My very good friend Lori Haresh joins us next right here on the Ocho. Very pleased now to be joined by the one, the only, the legendary, the incomparable, the astute, incredibly handsome, internationally famous. I say that all the time when I bring on a guest, but it is actually literally true here today. You know him, you love him from ESPN Australia. I really just, I don't know that I can have a big enough introduction for him. My very good friend, Lori Haresh. Lori, thank you so much for joining us this week. If your goal is to get me blushing within five seconds, it's happened. Internationally famous is absolute fabrication. Um, internationally giving it a crack, giving it a go uh, would be would be how I'd phrase it. Uh, but very happy to be joining you today. You are, we're, we're old friends, RJ. This is, this we go way back. Um, you were part of the infamous crew that, I'm not going to use the B word, but you um, forcibly encouraged me over social media platforms to uh, get my keys to over to uh, the United States for a draft party way back when in 2016. And that, that birthed a few beautiful friendships um, with yourself and several of your colleagues over there. And what better way to spend my Thursday um, early morning and what is it, Wednesday evening afternoon over there than um, yakking it up with you, my friend? Yeah, I mean, so you and I met formally um, in person now seven years ago. We also have hung out a few different times since then in person, mostly at Super Bowls, obviously, uh, for the work you do, uh, your full-time jobs. That's been kind of cool. Um, I don't know that I've ever told you what I'm about to tell you. You were the first person I ever knew. Um, and it was at that draft party. Um, it was the Maverick bar that we were at in, in 2016, right? For the first round when the Cowboys took Zeke Elliott. So kind of a, a perfect full circle um, time, I guess, uh, with where we're at. But we were at that party at that event. Everybody was just kind of hanging out and enjoying things. And you on your phone had push alerts for Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, um, like, like for their tweets. And I was just getting started in the blog game at that point in time. And I remember thinking, like, that's excessive. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I, I, I can't imagine what that would be like, um, only for my life to become push alert, like, pandemonium, crazy, chaos, whatever. Uh, but so you inspired me. I think about that any time I get a push alert from any one of the NFL insiders. Oh, well, it's so sweet to know that you're thinking about me so frequently. I mean, it's it's kind of necessary and also uh, probably even worse having the push alert set up being in Australia with the time zone that we have um, my dear and loving and very patient and tolerant wife um, has to gently remind me to leave my phone on the carpeted floor of our bedroom not on the wooden bedside table because during the night when this stuff is buzzing as like right now right we're in pre-free agency tampering sorry the uh, the legal tampering uh, window, whatever we're calling it these days, is a couple days away. So through the night, that thing will be buzzing off as you know, as the 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 Adam Schefters of the world and the rap sheets of the world and the Grazianos and the Fowlers of the world, Pelisseros of the world, the uh, the RJ Ochoas of the world, the oh. Bobby Belts of the world, um, are firing off news throughout the night. And yeah, it, it's a wake up in the morning, and you know, as a parent now, you wake up in more of a daze than you used to um, in your fresher, younger days, like when we met back in 2016 formally for the first time. Um, but it's kind of my scroll is to check what's going on. And 
and look, I'll, I'll fully own up to it as well for things like free agency opening for things like the tampering window opening um, the night before the draft, a couple of nights before the draft, I'll be up at some stupid hours because the buzz will go. I'll hear it. It'll be electric news. Um, I don't know if it'll be, um, if it'll be Odell Beckham size news this time around or not, but it'll be that type of buzz. And it's very hard to go back to sleep at that point. So that's when I get my, my friend and, and co-host from the, um, from the NFL Brecky show, Phil Murphy just messaging me. He's like, go to bed. You have a family. Um, well, that's good advice. And it's funny that we kind of started off at this. So um, just so everyone is fully aware, it's what, 8 a.m.? 8, 8.21 a.m.? Is that correct for you right you now? You got it. It's you 8.21 it. in real time. So this episode drops on Thursdays uh, in the States. Um, so it's it's 3.21 p.m. Sp- uh, Central Standard Time for me specifically. And I just saw a tweet right now. Uh, from Jeremy Fowler, who you named among the NFL insiders. Um, so this is just perfect. And I actually, uh, so that everyone is fully aware, I, I generally do this because, I mean, because I'm lazy, uh, but I, I didn't prep Lori for anything. I didn't <laughs> I didn't give, yeah, I literally, he asked me several times and said, we're just going to talk. I mean, to figure this out. Uh, so shout out to Jeremy Fowler for helping us out. Have you seen the Jeremy Fowler tweet yet? I have, I have it right in front. Do you want oh. to read it out or shall I? I think you should. You have the, mm-hmm. the better voice, um, you know, for with, between with the accent eyes. completely right, foreign right, right. to Cowboys chat. Jeremy Fowler uh, from ESPN, obviously. The Cowboys are working on a resolution to bring eight-time pro bowler Tyron Smith back for a 13th season, which could include a reworked contract per sources. Smith is due $13.6 million in the final year of his deal. How do we feel about this? Um, I think it's... I think it was somewhat inevitable after the comments we've heard in recent weeks, particularly, you know, Cowboys brass coaching staff um, being made available, you know, around the combine. We'd heard that, you know, if you are listening, you know, on the daily, you know, Cowboys radio, Cowboys podcast, the, the buzz was that that was their plan, that they had every intention. Um, the the Joneses had every intention of expecting Tyron Smith back. That was the plan. I think, yeah, the word, the, the, the hyphenated word progress stopper is, going to be thrown around given you want to see Tyler Smith getting more and more exposure at left tackle. But look, good offensive line help is um, is hard to come by in this league. Uh, you talk about teams are always searching for good de- defensive back help, Dallas Cowboys included this offseason, um, and they're also looking for offensive line stocks. How that works out, is Tyron Smith being reworked? Is, is he someone that they're going to look, um, depending how Terrence Steele comes back, how quickly that happens. Would they look at him again over at the right side of the offensive line? I don't think that was a raging success at the end of the last season. Or, you know, is that the plan that he's just going to be lock and load there at left tackle while he's healthy and Tyler Smith is going to again um, be operating there at, uh, at left guard? It, it gives you, I guess, flexibility. It gives you options. It gives the Dallas Cowboys options on that offensive line. But uh, you'd want, they're talking about a rework deal. When you, if you're spending time, as we all do at this time of year, you're on things like over the cap on salary cap calculator, that Tyron Smith number right at the top there, as we're talking about getting the Cowboys under the cap figure. Um, I know the some of the numbers came in about some extra money that different teams got, um, you know, because of um, contract things that have worked out in the previous financial year that now flow into 2023. And they got a couple extra million dollars of help, but they still have work to do to get some room to operate um, in this month. For Tyron Smith, that big old number was was staring at you. Is, is, is this something we can just wipe off the books and get as much help as we need? They're going to need... I, I would like to see them bring that number down. Um, I All respect to Tyler, Tyron Smith, but I would like to see that number come down for what he's shown from a health standpoint, as well as a slight dip in play standpoint the last couple of years. I think that, I mean, they recognize it and Tyron recognizes 
um, kind of everything um, that, that that is at play here, all the variables. I know people have floated out his name in recent years as like a trade or a cut candidate just because of the high you know figure. Uh, he's missed a lot of time. He's made a lot of money. It just doesn't make sense. And I mean, I understand the progress stopper point that you brought up. And I I think we get to be in such a rush where we're like, well, Tyler Smith has to be the left tackle of the future yeah. now. Like the future's here. It's like, well, why? Like, and if Tyron Smith is not a part of the Cowboys this season, you know, they have a huge problem, right? Because if, if he's not, then okay, cool. Tyler Smith's playing left tackle. Who's your left guard? If if are you gonna overpay for Connor McGovern? Because it feels like feels like there aren't a lot of interior linemen in free agency. So Connor McGovern might get, you know, a little bit of a nice deal. Um, I don't think either of us think they're going to bring him back. They let Connor Williams walk, and he was a better player. Um, but so, I mean, maybe that lends to Connor McGovern returning. But if left or right, you're telling me the plan is finally Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. Like, that's difficult to be upset with. I mean, you know, that's that, that was literally the plan. That's a power five right there. I think yeah, I, I would rather, if, if Tyron Smith's feeling healthy, and we know how committed he is to the club, an amazing, an amazing um don't want to use the S word here, but an amazing uh, bastion for professionalism and for a high level performance for this club, um, for this franchise. Um, and, and someone who's, you know, original that when it came out the 10 year deal, the, the tacked on deal to his original rookie contract, you know, $98 million, I think was the original figure um, raised eyebrows. I think it was a phenomenal bit of business from the Cowboys. And I think, but it, it points to longevity and, and how much service he's given um, at an incredibly physically demanding Position. I mean, he Tyron Smith has been the stuff of legend. Yes, there's the All Pros and the, the Pro Bowls and the nominations over the years and the amazing grades. But the fact that he's been wearing a knee brace as an elbow brace for how many years now just took points to the rare athlete that he's. There's flashes. Not to get um, over objectifying here. But there's you know you see these Cowboys. You know the sounds from the sideline videos and the locker room videos that you know the Cowboys push out there. And you see in the locker room there. I mean, this guy's in his 30s. He's playing well above 300 pounds and has been for a while. And he's still got Peter Andre abs. I mean, I can tell you that I no longer, well, I never had Peter Andre Epps, but I can tell you my closest days to that are not right now. Um, this is someone that, look, if he's healthy and that fire is burning for him to come back, then yeah, if you can get a strong five out there, there are going to be the Tyler Smith flag waivers that want to see him at left tackle day one of, you know, forget about day one of the season, day one training camp, day one of mini camp, OTAs, um, day one of, you know, in the coffee line there over in Frisco. <laughs> But I think ultimately, look, that's a strong five you're bringing back. You want to add some depth behind there because health hasn't been a thing that you can depend on with Tyron Smith. But additionally, it was not this past season, but I think a se- you know, in recent seasons, I think a season ago, um, t- taking back to 2021, all years meld together since, um, since the pandemic. But 2021, when he did have a healthy stretch to start the season, it was quietly the return of a dominant, dominant Tyron Smith. If we can see that again, you know he's going to do everything he can to take care of his body. We see that again, and this is a plus for the Cowboys. Ideally, for me, that number just comes down a little bit. It's, it's strange because it feels like he's been around forever. Do you know how old he is? I'm, I'm sure you do, but I don't know that the average person does, honestly. Off the top of my head, I've always remembered that he's a couple years younger than me, so I'm going to guess that Tyron right now is 32 years old. Um, well... That's a dumb way of remembering it, but uh, you're right. Um, I always remember that he was 20 years old when he was drafted, um, and mm-hmm. his birthday is in December. So I remember thinking, like, for most of his rookie season, like, he goes out with his teammates, like, he can't have a drink, right? Like, he can't, like, legally, you know, they go to a steakhouse, you know, they do their thing or whatever, like, couldn't legally do it. Um, but so he's 32 years old. This is his age 33 season. And so, like, again, I'm not saying he's, you know, a young spring chicken or whatever the case may be, but, like, he's not old. You know what I mean? Like, we, we do kind of lose – 
track inside of that. Like, again, I recognize that's really old in the NFL, but I mean, like Jason Peters is eight years older than him right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it just, it really does kind of contextualize things for you. Do you know, Lori, you mentioned all years since the pandemic kind of blend together. Um, we'll look at those three seasons. Do you know how many games Tyron Smith has played since 2020? Oh, you're so rude putting me on the spot like that. Uh, since 2002, so including 2021, 20, 22 seasons, those Correct. three seasons. Um, it wasn't many this past season. I'm going to say he's played 20 games in the past three seasons. Not even 17 regular season oh, games, to be fair. Um, there we go. You know, there are two or three playoff games, I guess. Um, so technically, um, it would be 20 if you count the, the playoff games. Well, uh, so technically, I, I was, what's the word? That's it's, true. It's, uh, that's yeah, true. You are correct. But so thank and you. you You mentioned he did kind of have like a health resurgence there. Uh, you played mm. 13 games every year, four years in a row from 16 through 19, um, then played the first two games of 20 uh, and everything kind of fell apart. Or I don't think it was. The, I think he played one and then missed one and then played the mm. third and then it was done for the year. Uh, but so. Not a lot of wear and tear on those tires as of late. You know what I mean? Like, and so if, if you're trying to be optimistic, you're trying to spin it that way. But for me, I don't even have to like reach that deep down into the like barrel of, of positivity. I mean, this is a, a good thing. Your offensive line is set. You have a lot of problems to address and to fix. Like, so why let Tyron Smith walk and create one along the offensive line? And so that, I guess, leads me to cool, you know, awesome. This Tyron Smith thing is happening. Shout out to Jeremy Fowler giving us a little bit of breaking news uh, while we're recording. What is the biggest thing? I, I said we were just going to ramble, kind of kind of kick the can around. Like, what, what is, what's giving you the most stress? What's causing you the most anxiety right now with regards to the Cowboys? Something that you think will or won't happen? I, I, I'm petrified of uh, – petrified. So you're going, you're going anxiety talking. as opposed to, like, a positive <laughs> thing. You're, something that is giving you anxiety. Interesting. In the era that we're in with the NFL, the era that we're in with teams that know they're contending, you know, stacking chips and, and adding to strengths, it's – it's adding more offensive firepower. Um, the changeover at play calling, Mike McCarthy coming in, the talk about West Coast system, which, you know, without dumbing it down and being overly reductive for what Mike McCarthy, who knows far more about football, has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know, um, particularly when it comes to schematics and laying out an offensive game plan. But the idea that, you you know, this is a shorter, you know, passing scheme this is looking to the kind of short intermediate parts of the field putting the ball in your play in your playmakers hands letting them in space and let them get to work after the catch there's not a lot tony pollard coming back on the franchise tag city lamb that's where it ends um and odell beckham that the most commonly dropped name would fit that a healthy and still ideally explosive odell beckham i mean we used to make fun of the the giants um for the play calls that are always just saying yeah hit odell on a slant hit odell on a slant let him do 60 yards after the catch but putting him in space to get to work with his if he's depending how that recovery is gone and you hope the recovery has gone swimmingly and he is back to full fitness um his ability to fit into something like that would be a positive and would alleviate some of that anxiety but you're looking at things like EPA per target in this past season, and there is a massive drop-off after CD Lamb um, and after EPA per target and total EPA generated on targets. You look after Pollard and CD Lamb, and it is a, a, well, it is a, a cliff true, dive. Oh, yeah. and, and that's kind of the reason that with people talking about Dalton Schultz and tagging him and, oh, he's a security blanket. Oh, Dak's familiar with him. 
those are true and those relationships can also be added to other players they can be fostered and forged in the offseason because Dalton Schultz whilst he was occasionally sneakily slippery he's a clever football player he knew where the first down marker is for sure um this was not someone who was adding a whole lot of extra to those targets after the fact situationally I think there was more value in how he played than that kind of true seam stretch of the game breaker at that tight end position so if they're going to invest there I'd rather see that come um, in the you know in the first couple of rounds of the draft, it's a deep class. It's certainly in the conversation at twenty six. But then you get you into the you you're know, fine the, with a tight end at twenty six. Then I'm I'm certainly open to it. I think oh no, see I have aching, pure and total what's aching, what's, what's aching me more at twenty six? I'd much I think if the cornerback that you're after, if like I think a name that has been thrown around a lot, you know, a Deontay Banks type. Who I've just been watching some of his stuff over the last few nights. Um, watching some of his, his tape and, and looking at how he's graded out. Um, I think that speaks incredibly uh, interestingly to me, a very physical, um, physically gifted and physical corner with catch up speed, you know, with, where Anthony Brown, um, that Anthony Brown could era could be over. And he was someone who tested and had that kind of four, three speed mid four threes. That's something that Deontay Banks steps right in at, at a really nice size. there, tickling over, you know, the six foot mark and up near 200 pounds. I think that would be the, my, on paper from writing it down today, the same way that I was writing down years ago that, boy, I'd love to see the Cowboys line Byron Jones um, in the 20s um, way back when. That would be a name or that would be a position I'd love to see them address at that point. But if you're in love with a, you know, Maya gets a lot of talk, if you're in love with a Dalton Kincaid, if you've fallen in love uh, with the idea of a six offensive lineman um, out of Georgia that can also play as a tight end, um, i completely open to that because I think you need to be stacking some chips on that offense. Uh, to give Dak Prescott, to give Mike McCarthy the chance that we want to see. This is, this is, we're talking chips. This is an all in year for Mike McCarthy. He's put that offense all on him. Dan Quinn's taking the other side of the ball. If this thing fails, we know we're going to likely be heading towards another regime change and a big move there. I'd rather see them um, or need to see them, whether that's through a trade, through free agency, or then in the draft, just add that, that number two aerial weapon to take this thing to a professional level. So I have a lot to respond and kind of vomit um, at you. So um, put on like the goggles. But so I wrote about this uh, actually today, the day we're recording um, when I decided to blog with the boys about how the idea of a tight end um, at 26, uh, for lack of a better word, is dumb. Um, and to be fair, I hate generalizations like what I'm like, like the, the point that I'm making, I hate blanket. Like you can't take a tight end at 26. Like, well, why? Like, what's the context? Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the context is necessary, but Generally speaking, I'm against it. Um, so I wrote this, like I said, I, I looked, you know, at, at True Media's uh, sample size of data, which goes all the way back to 2000. So since 2000, do you know how many rookie tight ends have eclipsed a thousand yards in a season? Their rookie season, season specifically. Since 2000. Since 2000. I've obviously, uh, you know, made this kind of like the trivia episode, just kind of throwing things at you. Um, I want to throw Kyle Pitts's name in there. He's one. Um, and. There's not a lot of others. Um, I, my NFL knowledge goes more back to around 2008, 2009. So if it was before then, then I'm a sorry. Um, I don't know when, what draft class Vernon Davis was in. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I, I know that Kyle Pitts registers. But yeah, I think your point, and I'm interested to hear the number, but yeah, that, that first round production at the tight end position compared to what you get throughout the rest of career from guys picked in the second, third round in particular, um, and even into day three is, is a pretty... It's, it's a harrowing tale. 
So this isn't even just first round tight ends. This is all rookie tight ends um, and, and looking at their rookie season specifically. But I mean, you mentioned it. This is kind of an important year. So this would be whatever player we're talking about's rookie season. Uh, there is only a single thousand yard season from a rookie tight end. And it belongs to Kyle Pitts just two years ago. Um, not only did he, you know, well, he had a thousand twenty six yards. So good for him. He um he only had one touchdown. So like, mm. you know, that that was kind of the thing, obviously. And we talked about this on our round table this week, but like, you know, didn't do a lot of damage offensively. Had the yards cool. The second most belonged to Jeremy Shockey in two thousand two. The third most to Jordan Matthews in two thousand fourteen. Evan Ingram in twenty seventeen, he had seven hundred twenty two. Um, but Vernon Davis isn't even the highest ranking rookie 49ers tight end. George Kittle as a rookie had 515 receiving yards. Um, so it's tough. The, the most touchdowns, I was just kind of playing over with this most touchdowns ever caught by a rookie Cowboys tight end since 2000 belonged to Martellus Bennett with four. Um, and the second, so I know I'm, I'm adding a lot of qualifiers, but so if we're looking at rookie Dallas Cowboys tight ends, Martellus Bennett has the most in his rookie season with four. The second most is a three-way tie. Uh, be- belonging to Gavin Escobar in 2013, and the other two players tied with Gavin, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot last year, mm. two apiece. So and- I mean, it's it's just it's a hard thing to talk myself into. That's why, like, I I don't want anything. I don't want to try to be the exception. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in in such an important year. Uh, and I think with tight ends, like you look at the Travis Kelseys of the world, you look at the George Kittles of the world, uh, you look at uh, look at Rob Gronkowski going back a little bit further, and you, these aren't first-round picks. These aren't players that you did spend that top, top, top draft capital on. I think the way looking at it with this class, and particularly contrasting it to the wide receiver class, both in free agency, out-and-out free agents, forget draft targets for a sec, but out-and-out free agents and the draft class, I'm, I'm looking for a difference-making playmaker. And that's where, you know, I think Mayer is going to be sitting on a lot of people at the top of the tight end rankings for a lot of draft experts, a lot of draft analysts. Um, but he didn't test like, you know, an amazing game breaker. If I'm going there, I truly want, I want, I might be falling into, you know, a bit of a traitsy trap here, here. I want someone who's been productive, but I want someone whose film and whose testing shows that they can be kind of a different, a matchup difference maker at the next level. So I was, I was watching Dalton. <laughs> I was watching Dalton Kincaid and you see that as a out and out receiving weapon. No, you're not going to get much blocking from him. That's fine. We just talked about the power five offensive lineman that we brought back. Um, that strong starting five, but I you would like to see adult, you know, a Dalton Kincaid type. I know there's been some other phenomenal testers. I mean, or do you just go back to the Iowa? Well, right. All Iowa does is push out tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end. I mean, we've got Sam Laporta in this class as well. He tested phenomenally, had a great workout there um, at the NFL, com- at the draft combine. So, you know, do you just, do you truly believe this is an outlier tight end class and that compared to the wide receiver class that's come out in this rookie, you know, in this rookie crop, that that's where your true offensive difference maker in the passing game is going to be? Or do you look at history and go, history is telling us the, the game breakers that we want, the A1 tight end weapons that we want aren't coming on day one? I see like that's where like the context matters. Like, are you telling me that the Cowboys are taking Dalton Kincaid over, I don't know, Jackson Smith and Jim Bob like, over Jordan Addison, right? Like, or, like, you know, that like, again, the context matters. And so like, I don't want to get too lost in the weeds, but. Um, and, and Jackson the, the Smith his- and Jigba is it, or oh, he's a fascinating one because that's a slot only player. Like that is a, you watch him, that care. is where he's lining up or he's lining up in the backfield. And right. we've all you hear out of, Frisco. I, I know you don't care, but all you hear out of Frisco, out of the star, is we don't want slot only players. You know, they like receivers that can line up in a couple of different spots. And CeeDee Lamb is a 
amazingly productive out of there. And this is a guy, I think I saw some comparisons that, oh, you know, is Jackson Smith and Jupiter just going to be, is he just going to be Jarvis Landry? He tested way better than Jarvis Landry. His tape is more enjoyable, more, there's more downfield. Um, there are downfield plays um, compared to what we've seen from Jarvis Landry over his career, you know, five yards a, a reception or five yards, you know, five A yards reception, whatever it was throughout his prime of his career when he's, you know, 110, 110 receptions on the year and barely cracking a thousand yards. But um, you look at someone, I think he could be someone, you know, he could be someone's Cooper Cup. The way he's lined up in the backfield, the way he, the, the route running, the lateral quickness, saw the three cone, the short shuttle. He could be someone's Cooper Cup. Is that something that this Cowboys office, front office coaching staff has as an idealized, you know, archetype or body type that they're going to go after as play style? Is that something they value or do they want that versatility to win outside and inside? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I want to switch subjects very abruptly. Just, you know, I was telling you actually right before we started recording, um, you brought up Full Swing, the Netflix documentary on the PGA Tour. Um, and I said that I really want to start Drive to Survive. I've, I haven't watched it. Mm. It's on the list. Uh, I've been talking to Michael Kiss at SB Nation about it. And I'm, I I went as far as uh, following F1 on social media. Like, so now I'm like mm. an F1 fan. You know what I mean? I followed him on Twitter. Mm. I followed him on Instagram. So now my algorithm's all compromised. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. But uh, so I'm in a hard pivot like I imagine mm-hmm. they do in an F1 race. That was my um, horrible segue. But anyway, um, you brought up Dak when I asked you about the things that you were anxious about, et cetera, et cetera. And I do think that this was overblown. Um, but in the lead up to the Super Bowl, when he there was the comment he made to the local media, and it was detailed that he was like walking away. Um, I know you read the report, too. Um, and he was like, yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want to paraphrase and get it wrong. But he said, like, I wasn't pleased or I wasn't happy or like he, he just was like, yeah, he's my guy. Like, you know, he said it just like generally like I was bummed or I was upset or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, obviously, he has since said that, like, he trusts Mike, he trusts Brian Schottenheimer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there are a lot of people who I think had to take. They were like, you know, um, you know, Kellen's his guy. He's been his guy with his teammate, obviously, from day one. He's known him from day one, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, why are you doing this? Why are you? shuffling the deck like this and i've thought about this for a few weeks now and this is my take 
I'm kind of happy about this. Like, I'm, I'm kind of happy to have Dak a little ruffled, even if you consider this to be ruffled. Like, I'm, I mean ruffled in the, like, lightest possible sense. Because you know hmm. what? The, the status quo wasn't working. And I, I think the world of Dak, as I know you do, too. Um, but, you know, remember it was Dak that was, like, involved in, in the drafting of Jalen Tolbert a year ago? Maybe not the best move. You know what I mean? We'll see, like, kind of a TBD situation. And fine, Dak is – I think Dak deserves to be involved in offensive game planning and scheme adjustments and, and all these things, right? He's the quarterback of your team. Like, whether or not he's a franchise quarterback, your quarterback should be involved in those decisions. And, and Dak has certainly earned a place at that table. But that being said, I kind of like Mike McCarthy saying, you know what? Let's ruffle him a little bit. Let's like, like what's, you know, cause, cause people love, and I, I brought this up on the round table as well. Um, people love Lori. And I know you see this to say like, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again with and expecting the same results. And they bring that up when the thing that they're like criticizing is doing the same thing over and over again. But here go the Cowboys, you know, changing the status quo. And people are like, what the hell are you doing? Things are going great. Like, why are you changing everything? And Mike McCarthy is kind of like, have you not seen the insanity quote? Like I'm, I don't want to be that person. So, I've thought about this a lot and I kind of I kind of like the ruffling, I guess, is where I'm at. I think he's separated between the ruffling um, and and it's good, right? It's a challenge to Dak. And I think it's good that it's a challenge to Mike McCarthy. He is challenging himself and he's putting it on the line. He's putting it all on the line. But I think you separate the ruffling, which I think I agree it needs to happen. It's something needed to change there. Um, I have thoughts about head coach. Uh, I know he had different thoughts about the head coach, but um, something needed to change because the status quo wasn't working. And Kellen Moore, I think, as amazingly gifted as he has as a football mind, play designer, his ability to marry different concepts up, his ability to marry different plays off similar looks, build wrinkles on wrinkles on wrinkles of what's working. I don't think it always matched up with someone that, you know, had the foot down on the basically smashing B over and over and over again when it was working. Sometimes it felt like he got a little too varied. I think there's a difference between being a play designer and a play caller. You need to be both. Sometimes you're better at one than the other. Sometimes you're perfectly balanced. And what a lovely world it is to be in that. Um, but you, something needs to change. Okay, I'm agree. With, I'm agreeing with you there. I think where some of the frustration and consternation from Cowboys fans and, and media observers comes from is that they shook things up to change it. And yet they did not bring in a particularly revolutionary voice to come in as offensive coordinator, even a non-play calling offensive coordinator. Brian Schottenheimer, who was in the building already, who has the ties. I mean, we've heard he's got the ties to McCarthy in his background. He's also got the ties to the Jones family. Jerry Jones making that all too clear when he was speaking in Indianapolis about the ties between the Jones family, Schottenheimer family, and uh, and throwing that uh, that word that starts, you know, the the nepotism words that get start, starting to throw throw around in those circles but i think people would have liked to see a different voice from a different tree a different coaching sphere one that's perhaps on the up a little more you know some of the shine had come off um schottenheimer over his um time seattle and, and since then you know he was involved down there in the horror year in jacksonville that doesn't boy it doesn't fill you up with a whole a balloon full of hope um so i agree that something needed to change i'm not totally convinced that they got the most the biggest injection of new ideas to facilitate that change and take to the next level. But I also think that it is a good thing that we're getting a, this is coming to a head this year because right. of where Mike McCarthy's put himself uh, because likely Dak's going to have more job security in the ne after in the next couple of weeks. If this highly rumored and talked about restructure comes down, the, that the really does like Dak extension. In. That's, that's the, the overnight the word, extension. Right? Yeah. Exactly. The extension comes in and Dak's future is more and more solidified in Dallas as I think should be. He's going to have, on paper, more job security going into this year. If this goes down on offense and it does not, if this craters on offense, that falls on Mike McCarthy. 
yes, there'll be criticism at Dak, but from an organizational contractual standpoint, he's going to be far more locked in. So I think it's good that we're finally coming to a head here uh, because quite often I think some of the criticism of the Cowboys is, you know, this is a team that we know the Super Bowl drought, we know the lack of playoff success. Since 2006, basically since the Romo era began in proper, this is a team that's sixth in total regular season wins right. in the league. Six. They're the only team in the top 10 without a Super Bowl. The Super Bowl appearance, let alone a Super Bowl. Do you remember Part the, of- um, the, the, I'm sorry, but the Cleveland, I, no. I bring this up a lot, but the Cle- the, the video, the Factory of Sadness, Cleveland Browns fan video, do you remember that? Like, I, I think about that that line a lot in life that he, he brings up. He's like shouting at the stadium. He says, do you realize that it is actually harder to be this consistently bad than it would actually than it would be for you to sometimes accidentally occasionally be good. And to your point, like we, we talk so much about like, well, Mike McCarthy's now overseeing a team that's like getting multiple bites at the apple, right? Like they're gonna they, they were a playoff team in back to back seasons. Mike McCarthy's doing that. But to your point and to the like literal point, it's like, well, they're kind of there all the time, right? Like they're they're a team that wins all these games. It's just they they find the most important moment to completely melt down. And I, I think part of it is, you know, a lot of talks like, hey, why are we talking about Mike McCarthy's job security when he's stacked 12 win seasons on top of each other? He's done things in back-to-back years that we haven't seen since the 90s. And and that's a fair point, but that's not what he was brought in to do. He was brought in to take the next step. Um, and every time I hear that, I just see that cheesy, cheesy scene from American Pie where they cheers their, we call them a Slurpee. I think you call them a slushy drink or big gulp or something. They uh, cheers to them the next in like a step. circle. Now the next step. We're going to talk about what they're actually talking about there. But yeah, I think yeah. I, he was brought in to take the next step. The next step hasn't happened. But, but couldn't, couldn't, you argue that, ahead. couldn't you argue that what you just said is the next step? Like, like sustain, like, and, and you could, you can say that's sad, but you know what I mean? Whatever. But like, no, like being, the, being, a, being a competitive team in, in like back to back years is, you know, the next step. I mean, like, I recognize RJ, what would you're you saying. Rather like, than, would you the rather title game is, is the next literal step as far as like playoff sequence goes. But like, they had never done that before. You know, Would like, you rather uh, them be a competitive team every year or a top four contending team in a title game every second well, or third year? Of course. I mean, like, who's who's going to, like, choose the other thing? But, like... But that's what it was... That's the, that was the job brief. My that point was the is, job brief. I think, Come I think in and in take some the ways, next step. I think in some ways he has taken the next step. And I would also argue that he has taken the next step as far as individual accountability. So you, you're right. And I agree with you completely, obviously that McCarthy is putting a lot on his own plate and respect, right? Like, even if you don't like McCarthy, I think you have to respect that, that this dude is, is willing to kind of put his name, put his chips in and, and go down his way. And so that, that is a cool thing. Objectively. When did Jason Garrett ever do that? Like, like yeah, p- no. point, point to the, the example. I mean, and I'm not trying to like throw Jason Garrett under the bus here, but like, when did he ever put himself out on a limb like that? And I, I, so I respect it. And in some ways, that is the next step. Again, none of this is the NFC title game. So it's not that literal next step. But I do think that we're seeing like movements and measurements mm. and accomplishments and at least endeavors or endeavored accomplishments from the head coach that we hadn't seen before. I think in some ways, the head coach right now is the most important person associated with the team. And that's not to say that, that Dak's influence isn't important. But by Mike McCarthy dismissing Kellen Moore, he he is making this about him. Like, he is mm-hmm. the most influential person associated with the team. And that should be the case because it's the NFL. But he's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So the fact that he's accomplished that, I think, is a next step in in some, you know, recognizable sense. And I think, I think we're floating around a, a kind of concept that I've talked about a couple of different times. And, you know, the next step, Mike McCarthy coming in, actually stacking wins together, not the Cowboys never being able to sustain success over this last couple of few decades, saying they can handle the stop, the spotlight and success, saying they're going to be better at it and failing to do so until recent, these past couple of years um, with Mike McCarthy. But the idea is that 
because of their weird organizational and power structure, right? No team is structured like this. The GM has immunity from job, you know, job security questions, um, at least real ones. Forget about the media who want Jerry to move on as general manager. That's a different setup. You know, you've, you've got your two most senior hands-on player personnel. Will McClay does an incredible job, but at the top of that organizational structure, when it comes to football players, Jerry Jones, a GM and Stephen Jones, who do not have the football acumen. I'll say this. They don't have the football acumen of a, you know, an Aussie Newsom back in the day. I know he's moved into a different role with Baltimore right. or John Schneider or, you know, Brett Veach. They don't, they don't have that level of tape study of being on the ground with, with schematics, with player personnel, with trends in the league. They don't have that hands on. They have Will McClay, but at that, those top two spots, if you were measuring the, those two spots across the 32 teams in the NFL, the Cowboys are not going to rank very highly with those two in, in particular having the greatest football knowledge and acumen of present day NFL players, schemes, coaches, whatever that does put a bit of that can put a ceiling on your operation. And I think that can be why that yes, they have star players. Yes, they have seasons where it sparks up, but I think that's part of why this thing never seems to move in sustained motion in one direction. We have a chance, I guess, with all this coming to a head this year, with Mike McCarthy putting it all in line, with the immense amount of faith they have in in Dan Quinn on the defense, we have a chance to see it moving in one direction this season. And hey, if I'm saying one direction that many times, you'd think I went to a One Direction concert the other night mm. and not the Backstreet Boys, which I actually did go see on Sunday night. Hell of a wow. show, good fun from the boys. <laughs> yeah, back, Backstreet Boys this weekend in March, and then a couple of months it's Wu-Tang Clan and Nas. Slightly different vibes. Sure. Same stadium, perhaps slightly different energy from the crowd. Definitely. Uh, but there's a chance that this season we see it all pulling in one direction. And hey, if it goes poorly, then there's going to be a chance, whether it's Dan Quinn or somebody else, for this Cowboys team, that power structure to do their best to get aligned so it's not all pulling in different directions. Jerry, attention, stars, Steven, cap management, the pie. You know, um, you know, we can't go all in with a $45 million, $40 million, $45 million, $50 million cap hit on a quarterback, a coach who wants pushing and playing and coaching for their job security. Those aren't congruent. We have a chance over this season, if it goes well, to see that going in the right direction. And we'll see Look, if it doesn't, then next season there's a chance for them to take a big picture. Look, we're taking that 30K view, uh, the 30,000 feet view uh, that you mentioned to step back and go, look, how many times do we have to do this with, with Jason and with Jason and Tony, with Jason and Dak, with Mike and Dak? We've got franchise quarterbacks. We're locking into franchise quarterbacks here and there. We can't sustain. What do we need to change in our structure? So it's, look, next step. Congruent triangles, Backstreet Boys. I, I really painted quite the picture there. Um, so fantastic job. Um, if InSync, you know, were around, you'd have to do it. Hit, you know, hit them both. Obviously, were you Team InSync or Team BSB? Like back in the day, but obviously. I mean, look, I was I was like a nine year old boy, so I was Team, you know, Australian cricket team. Um, but no, I definitely far more enjoyed Backstreet Boys. I mean, any guys, you know, any any because obviously they were massive, you know, for fandom amongst girls our age, it was just. It was unrivaled. It was through the roof. Guys, you know, when they're nine, 10 years old, act cool. Like, no, I'm not into that. Any guys my age acting like they don't know a bunch of the Backstreet Boys jams. You're kidding yourself. It's okay. You're in your 30s now. Your prime years are behind you. Just enjoy the fact that you can, you know, you can get down to to any number of, of hits. For, no, definitely more Backstreet Boys than NSYNC. And I'm pretty disappointed in, in Justin Timberlake's football performance a few years ago um, uh, when he had a second crack at it. And it was like a, a, a kind of tame karaoke set session. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, not the best. Um, like, here's the thing. Like, we want to see you play the hits. You know what I mean? You got to get up there. We wanted to see some some more, like, suit and tie, some mirrors. Like, that's what it had to be for JT. Um, actually, I had this debate. Like, it was a really spirited debate in college. And my friend, like, kind of, like, won it all when he said, look, Instinct gave us JT. Like, that's kind of, like, the trump card. You know what I mean? Like, they, they gave us, like, the worldwide superstar. Like, you know, so they kind of win um, in that sense. But that's an argument for a different day. There's, um, there's worldwide I, superstars everywhere. The '90s were a special time for boy bands and and girl bands and and those kind of look, in that era of music. I want to get so. I don't want to get too lost because I'm already forgetting my points. <laughs> so I don't I don't want to <laughs> completely and totally forget it. Um, you're right. To me, this um, this season, you know, obviously this upcoming season feels like the final season of a show, like a television show that's been kind of teetering for a little bit, right? And and we and it's one of those like where they've announced, right? It, farewell season, final season. We're going, you know, we're, we're fully and totally understanding that we're going to get resolution to these big plot holes that have been kind of open. So this is truly, you know, Ted, Robin, Marshall, Lily, Barney at the wedding with everything happening, like all the time jumps, whatever. We obviously hope the, the plane lands in a much better fashion. Um, yeah, I was going to say, point, yeah. Yeah, no, not, not great. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so well, maybe Mike McCarthy will coach like the Cardinals in the future. And that'll be like the Hillary Duff, how I met your father, like spinoff version of this. But anyway, um, that being said, I don't think we have to wait till the season to figure out if like the one direction, the right direction. Like, I, I think the first like true fork in the road, the first true measurement of, OK, are you are you going to take this seriously or is this just going to be more of the same? And, and we've kind of gotten a little bit of the, the ladder with the like, oh, there's a big move coming. Where is it? You know what I mean? Like, like we've, we've heard it. We've, yes. we've sang this song. We, we've danced this dance. You know, we're all waiting to see. But what I was getting at, and I hate to root for something like this because it's just you never want to root for people to lose their jobs. If they cut Zeke, I will hmm. I will buy in a little bit. If they cut Zeke, I will believe a little bit. I will say, you know what? Mike McCarthy won. M- Mike McCarthy truly won this. And he finally has things moving in a direction I don't even want to call it the right direction, but a direction different than where this has been for the last seven years. What that would signify, because we know the affinity the Jones family took the Jerry have for Ezekiel Elliott. You can see the production. You can point to health. You can say, oh, look, he's still valuable in goal line situations. He's a great block. He's probably a good blocker, better than a great, more than a great blocker at this point. I mean, another player that has just given their entire physical body um, to, uh, to the, the punishment that comes with that position, particularly the way that the, the style in which Ezekiel Elliott plays, but there's no, like really there's no tape and metrics and advanced metrics and counting stats that point you towards Zeke Elliott should be paid more than, I don't know, if you bring him back on two or $3 million, okay, is he going to take that? But giving him like $6 million and as a big sacrifice, he wouldn't fetch $6 million a season on the open no. market. I don't believe he would. He's I not an effective I- and efficient player. He, he really is. Inter- if you want, no, go, go. I go. have to interrupt you to, to make a point because, like, it it is relevant. And this was brought up on our roundtable as well this week. Do you recognize, do you realize, because I didn't until it was brought up by a commenter, that the franchise tag value for Tony Pollard is partly a result of Zeke's salary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it is like it is partly Hugely. inflated to the degree that it is because of what Zeke is making. Like, how, how has that mm-hmm. ever happened? Like, maybe with tackles that have been tagged, like, on the same team, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, that is actually hilarious that they are literally having to pay for the sins of the past with the tag value for Tony Pollard because of what Zeke is making on an annual per year or average per year perspective or basis or whatever you want to call it. So, like, yeah, I mean, it to me, it would signify – a, a waving of the white flag. The era is over. It's time to move on. And I, mm. I would, 
I don't want to say I would applaud or I, I would respect because again, like it would be unfortunate to see any player get cut. So like I'm not, you know, ever advocating for that. But you get my point. I hope appreciate everybody does too. Appreciate right. It. I, I, it, it was a fun ride. It was a fun era. It began mm. with you and I at the same place together, our friendship forming. But so and obviously we would have won. We would have outlasted the era. So shout out to us. But I mean, it, it to me would suggest, and we've seen the usage decrease, right? For Z, we've seen the usage for Pollard increase. So, like, we have this this day has been coming. So, like, I would kind of appreciate if the day of reckoning saw some reckoning, and it wasn't this like, oh, we fixed everything and like pulled the magic switch and everything's going to be good and hunky dory for another season. Like, we're just we're actually going to do the definition of insanity thing. When it comes to the, the way this team is built and it, it, honestly the, the conversations we've had that the anxiety i mentioned about is you know adding offensive weapons there you know giving touches giving money slices of the pie giving touches taking snaps away from tony pollard all that contributes to that anxiety and, a, and an offense that gets trudging at times the numbers the counting stats are great but there are points where it is super static and there are points where the you know the division of of backfield touches felt inefficient and unexplosive and not taking care of what you could have this isn't a this is also a roster spot. This is a, a depth chart spot. You know, there's certainly the Millie Davis fans out there, but what if, you know, what if a, a, a Gibbs, um, a Jameer Gibbs fell to you in the second round? What wow. if you moved back into the second round, picked up some okay. picks and something was there? Look, I'm not saying drafting running okay. backs early you, is great. You, you, you saved yourself. You Respect. All right. you, no, no, but you're talking about, like, <laughs> we're talking about adding offensive explosion. We're talking about people that can help Dak Prescott, help that offense. You're talking about actually adding spark. Um, and you're taking those opportunities away. Opportunity cost comes in a bunch of different ways. Money, draft picks, snaps, depth chart, roster spots. You're taking those possibilities off the table. You want to bring Zeke back as your third running back on you know $2 million a year in an Alfred Morris role? Okay, but anything up near... People saying, oh, I'd like to see him get cut down to about $6 million. I know the cap's moved on by then. That was what you That's what you offered to Marco Murray after he set records in <laughs> free agency. And this is the, I know, I know it's been, you know, six, I mean, it's, seven, it's been almost a decade. But yeah. It's, like, but, but it's still like, it's still looking at those numbers on paper. I'm like, how far have we come and how far have we stalled if that's what the approach is to the big cut from an incredibly inefficient player, a tough player, a physical player, and on the field, a selfless player. Um, in terms of you know the, the blocking, giving himself up, and and, and the, the the collisions that he's taken on, but a player that every bit of evidence tells us has has created in terms of efficiency and effectiveness. Um, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's you can argue he has a, a valuable presence in the locker room. He's a valued leader, yep. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you can argue that he's good good friends with the franchise quarterback. But again, I kind of go back to the like. Let's ruffle. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, like you got to shake. Something has to change. You know, what I mean? and I'm not saying everything has to change. Be, be wild, be yeah. crazy, whatever. But like, so you, you cannot just do this. And like, and I also think, and I don't think you can do it. You have to do it for this reason alone. But like, if if you bring Zeke back to whatever degree, nobody takes you seriously. Nobody does. And 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 maybe you don't care. Like, and to some degree, I respect not caring. To some degree, I respect. Hey, you know, live your life. You know do what you want to do, you know, rock on. But nobody takes you seriously if, if you bring Zeke back. And, I mean, you're, it just – it wouldn't make sense. If Why would you bring Zeke back when you just placed the franchise tag on Tony Pollard, suggesting that you cannot live without Tony Pollard? It just – so that's what I'm saying. I, I will be impressed. And I guess to close, um, because by this time next week, Thursday of next week, Zeke might be cut. So give me two predictions. They can be as bold, as chill, as whatever as you want, Lori Haresh. But by Thursday – March the 16th in the States. 
two things that you guarantee will have happened associated with the Dallas Cowboys. Oof. Oof. Okay. Big ones. Big ones. Okay. It'll be the second this day time. of the new league year. So, you know. Second day of the, the league, new league year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Cowboys will add a wide receiver. It will be Ooh. via trade. And that wide receiver okay. has, has recently been working out in the area with a former number 88. The Cowboys so you, will trade for <laughs> yes. Go on, go on, go on. I'm oh, so, slow. So you, go, you, you're saying the Cowboys trade for DeAndre Hopkins. That's the Cowboys trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Let's get bold. Let's get weird. Why not? I mean, look, this is money that you can work out. There's certain he's you're hearing reports of this flexibility uh, with how he well, worked on the back and end. And you of just the, of the you're contract. creating some salary cap space for Tyron to that point. Like, what do you need the space for? You know what I mean? Like exactly. Well, and that's the thing. Okay. Do we, you know, we, they're making space. Are you actually going to use it this time? They made space for getting rid of Dez. They didn't <laughs> use it. They made space for right. getting rid of, you know, all sorts of things. Okay. So, yes. So they, they trade for DeAndre Hopkins. There's one. Okay. And the Dak Prescott extension has landed by then as well. Okay. So you think that, that is probably the safer one of the two. Um, yeah, I think so. Like there, I think there's so. no sense. I do think. I really do think that they learned their lesson that like waiting and waiting and waiting only made it worse for them. And they, they had to pay more money. And I think that's the driving force. <laughs> it's, it's not, th- not that it helps the team, but that they don't want to pay more money. They have to like, you know, the Daniel Jones thing, we laughed already like, ha you know, he's making the same amount of money as Dak. Well that, you know, Dak's aware of that. And, and so like Dak's going to be aware of that when it comes time to these extension talks. And you, if you want to talk about this, like Jalen hurts could get his extension this off season, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Get it done mm-hmm. before those deals. Come Jackson's to place deal. Before... Yeah, like what, whatever that winds up being. Like, but before the new APY in town rises or, or lands, get it done. You know what I mean? Don't mm-hmm. be, be the first. Don't be the fourth of these particular players. Um, okay, so you're saying by Thursday? I won't put a time on it. So at the absolute latest, by 11:59 mm-hmm. p.m. Central Standard mm-hmm. Time, Cowboys time, mm-hmm. on Thursday, mm-hmm. March 16th, Dak has a new mm-hmm. deal. And DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins is his teammate. Yeah, I mean, yes, done. I mean, poor DeAndre Hopkins. Where's he played? Houston Texans, not exactly a hyped-up franchise. And the Arizona Cardinals during a pretty lackluster time. This guy was, he's not the best wide receiver in the league anymore, but there's plenty, plenty left in his tank. Um, recently is 2022 tape. Um, and uh, and this is a player that you think you think he might be able to thrive in the, under the spotlight of the star, maybe. You think he might be built for that just a little bit? Well, and CD Lamb has said before he was a big fan of DeAndre Hopkins, you know, as, as a young and Dez lad. Dez is out there recruiting uh, everybody. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would be – and here's the thing. Like, we are so lame. I'll, I'll say that about you and I. That, like, DeAndre, if this happens, if DeAndre Hopkins is – excuse me, if DeAndre Hopkins is a cowboy, we're immediately in, like, watch out. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, like, we, we are so – the bar is so low that if you do this, we're like, that's it. Boom. Lock it up, baby. Let's go draft and let's. Would you say? I, th- I think I know the answer, but second round pick for DeAndre, straight up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it'll yeah. cost, but I would take it. Yeah, I would take it, would. and then and then go nowhere near the tight end position in the first round, and I'm happy. So I mean, we're good to go. Absolutely, wow. you can move around in the draft, especially when you've got extra anc- ancillary picks later. You know, on on um, what are we expecting? Maybe day. Three that the three comp picks would come in. The what is it? Maybe right. a four five five situation. Um, that does yeah. give you some mobility to move up if you want to move up in the third. If you want to, if you want to make a leap from the third up into the second. If you do give something away, there's movements to be made there. You got plenty of draft capital to work around, and that's the efficiency. There, there is an inefficiency 
um, and, and to be taken advantage of with drafting for still talented veterans. Um, the Cowboys were the example of that going the wrong way. You hope that just like that, they learn their lesson. Okay. Laurie, let's get out of here. Um, last thing, right. we talked about full swing. We talked about drive mm-hmm. to survive. Give us, um, mm. I ask people this a lot. So um, mm. this is the, the least unique thing I'm doing with you. Uh, what is something you recommend to everybody to watch? It can be on Netflix. It can be on, uh, it won't be on one uh, platform. Um, I'll leave that to be nameless for you know reasons you and I discussed. Oh, no, no. I can hype up that everybody <laughs> should, no, everybody should go watch Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Absolutely. I'm a okay. Disney employee. ESPN Disney. Let's do, yeah, go, go watch Mandalorian. Um, no, honestly, if I'm going across the board, things that I've loved watching, um, there's, um, there's a show I just watched, Bad Sisters, um, that's an Irish one. Um, and Sharon Horgan's involved in that. It's like uh, a group of sisters, and um, there's a, a, fa- a, a brother in law that married to one of the sisters that they're not. Is this a big on fan Apple of. TV? Yeah, that's a hell of a show. Okay. And, um, and a throwback one. We're getting, we're, I'm Australian, and I'm playing back into a, you know Australia's roots back in Britain here. A show called Friday Night, uh, Friday Night Dinner. Um, which is classic British, right? Like six, seven, eight episodes a season, but there were like six seasons of it. Family comedy, kind of like the in-betweeners, but grown up a little bit, um, a little more, a little less gross, a little more, but that kind of, you know, sibling cringe family. Um, it's, it's shaped around a, a very non-religious Jewish family's Shabbat dinners and just tons of mum guilt, tons of weird dad humor and two siblings, one of whom actually was in between. It's Friday night dinner. Those are those are in the rotation right now. Uh, but, you know, RJ, you know what season it is. You know what we're gearing up for. It's golf season, man. Like, just hook wow. it up to the veins. You know, we've got the players. I didn't wanna, we've got the Masters. I didn't want to press the issue. Tough, tough week uh, for Australians, um, obviously. Uh, not able to defend their their players' title. Um, mm. Who wins the players? My actual, my actual last question. And uh, I guess uh, a sub J- question Jason is, Day. That's done, right? <laughs> Um, I'm actually wow. sure that he's actually uh, in the field. Actually, this week, uh, I need to check that. He is. He's playing well. He uh, it's possible. Yeah, he's playing um, well. He's come back. Hell of a comeback. You picking Rory, your guy? Um, who's, no. who's one of the players? And does it count since Cam Smith is not defending his title? It only counts if an Australian wins it. And so Jason right, that's Day. Fair. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. No, uh, man, I'm loving it at the moment. I would love to see Jordan Spieth win it. And I'm not just pandering to the to the, to the the demographic here, knowing where he's from. I love a tragic genius. And there is a tragic genius to the way that he plays the game. Um, he's so capable that, and so smart. Some people say that you and I are Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Like, that's that's what our relationship is like. So who's, if that were the one? case, I was about to ask you, who's who between you and I? Uh, I think you're the tragic. Say, I don't. I, I don't have like yeah. a depth. Like I, I don't have the depth that Jordan does. Like I'm pretty shallow. Uh, so like I, I'm. I think I'm Justin Thomas. Yeah. I would never say you're shallow. You're the sweetest man I know. Um, but <laughs> I would say, yeah. Look, in terms of like tragic genius, blo- prone to a blow up, um, some internal melodrama. I think I could get uh, my wife to sign off on that comparison. Um, the genius, okay. I'll take. Um, she might not sign off on that, but the uh, the tragic melodrama. That's uh, that's so. Really cool. You're Jordan Spieth. I'm Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. You're picking Jordan Beautiful. Spieth to win the players. I'm not uh, picking myself, I guess. Uh, I'm not picking Justin Thomas. I'm picking John Rahm. Um, you know, whoa, big, big shot going out on a, on a, on a ledge here. Uh, but right before we started recording this, I saw, uh, I think it was Golf Channel's Instagram uh, posted a video of Trevor Lawrence meeting John Rahm. And it was really cool. Um, you should go, I should put it on my Instagram story. So you go, go watch it, Lori. But um, Trevor was kind of like intimidated. And, and <laughs> it was, it was kind of cool, like John Rahm. Tre- like I know, but like Trevor, like John seemed like really kind of annoyed, like uh, like at Trevor. Long, like, what are you doing here, Trevor? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like 
hey john like this is kind of a big deal dude you know what i mean like and and trevor was like we're so pumped to watch you and like he was like it was like a true fan and professional experience um real, like seriously Beautiful. go watch and let me know what you think that's um, that's so, a, if one of my big claims this past season that i was nauseatingly repetitive about that's top six quarterback in the nfl trevor lawrence that's his full name uh that's also a friend of blog and the voice trevor lawrence uh former guest here um at, at btb so like you and trevor lawrence now in the same boat but um even though he big time trevor lawrence and picking john run uh laurie Horesh, that's right um, you're the best and i hope that you have something incredible for dinner so i hope well, dinner's, dinner's far away. I'm getting there. But you're the best, RJ. Thank you for having me on. RJ, if, if anybody's wondering if you're this sweet off the camera, he's even nicer. He's even nicer. He's the best man. That's true. He is. That's not true. Thank you for having me uh, on, RJ. Laurie, have a wonderful day. I want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Lori Harash for taking the time to join us. Um, I don't know if I'm going to take the time to watch the shows that he recommended. Uh, I have a lot to get to. I, <laughs> I have a lot of shows. Um, it's just difficult to find time. I don't know where the time goes uh, in a given day, but, um, but we'll see about that. I do really want to watch Drive to Survive. If you are an F1 fan and you think that I should do it, I, I'm just I just need like a, a gust of wind to push me in the direction like I'm checking things out but um, any and uh, every kind of help bit of help whatever would certainly be appreciated but uh, seriously do appreciate Lori taking the time I would love to see the Cowboys trade for DeAndre Hopkins I would love for the DAC extension to get done already so we don't have to worry about this um, so basically I would love for literally everything Lori said to come to fruition so uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Later on today, you will have a new episode of Riled Up here on the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review. Tomorrow on Friday, you will have new episodes of Girls Talking Boys and the Star Seminar. And on Saturday, a new episode of the World's Team Moving Day at the Players this weekend. Looking forward to that, obviously, as well. Hey. Let's have a fun few days, and uh, let's have a fun start to next week with legal tampering and the new league year. Let's get some new players on this team that get us excited. I don't know if Lori enjoyed his dinner or whatever he wound up having. I know that I'm going to enjoy my grilled chicken Caesar wraps tonight, yesterday, for you, the listener. I hope whatever you eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner is amazing. I hope you have the most amazing day of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys, and peace out. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. 
Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.